Midwives dissecting life, work, and everything in between. This is Head On View. Welcome to Head On View. I'm Carly, and today I am solo just because internet issues, but I have actually got a guest with me. So I've got Nadine with me. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and we are talking about surrogacy today because Nadine is a surrogate and she's currently pregnant. Yeah. We're in Victoria, and for those that don't know, surrogacy is legal here, but you cannot get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like in America where you see people earn that 50 grand or whatever to have a baby. (laughs) That would be nice, but no. (laughs) So you would just get covered for your medical expenses. So you can't be paid, but you can't be out of pocket. So anything related to the pregnancy, it needs to be covered. So for me, my private health insurance, I just have extras cover, so they pay for that. All my allied health treatments, they pay for. Even down to if you need clothing, my pregnancy clothing has been covered. Yeah, I just shouldn't be out of pocket for the baby. Did you decide to become a surrogate first or did someone ask you first? No, I decided first. I've always thought about it. Even before I had my own child, I just thought it would be something that I would do in my life. It's just really strange. And then having my son and creating him, because I'm a queer person and I needed IVF to have my son and donor sperm. So after having him, I was like, I definitely want to help someone else create a family, especially in our community. So, yeah, you kind of need to be done with your own children, they prefer. In Victoria, they say you have to be over 25 and you have to have had a baby um, before they will let you. They just want to know that you're... Yeah, you can carry a child and the risk of if something went wrong and you needed a hysterectomy that you've had at least one child. So, yeah, I joined the Australian Surrogacy Community Facebook group and there you can basically put an ad of yourself Mm -hmm. and you're just getting to know people in the community. And so I put a little introduction saying that I would prefer to carry for a same-sex couple I wasn't ready right now, but to take a year to get to know someone. I actually met my current intended parents They were on the group, but I hadn't spoken to them. We met through a mutual friend who introduced us online, basically. And then I contacted them through the group and then it went from there. So did you need any sort of psych testing or anything like that? Everyone has to see a psychologist. So Mm -hmm. my partner did and then they did. And then you have a group session together as well. And the psych basically writes a report saying that everyone's of the same mind. They understand Mm -hmm. what they're doing and that they can progress with it. And then for you, it's like you're going through IVF yourself because you have to be implanted with an egg. Yeah. So I did a stimulated cycle. So you can choose not to, but my preference was. I just figured at my age, I'm 35, I just wanted to give it the best Mm -hmm. chance straight away. And with my son, he was my fifth transfer And that was a stimulated one. So I knew that my body responded to that. So I was like, let's go straight to a stimulated cycle. Yeah. And I got pregnant on the first go. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Then when you're going to appointments now, who goes? Is it you and the parents? No, because they're interstate. They're in Sydney. We went to the seven-week scan, Mm -hmm. the 12-week and the 20 together. But so far with my midwife, it's just been her coming to me at home. 
bedroom just because they haven't had a chance to meet her yet. Yeah. Okay. And that's good. So you've got the same midwife, so you're not having to explain yourself every time. Have you found the health professionals you've dealt with have been quite open and happy about it? Has anyone been a bit judgy or? No, I haven't had any judgment. All the allied health professionals I've seen have just been really curious. People ask a lot of questions. I think most people don't realize it's legal in Australia. They think you're doing something illegal. You've kind of got to explain it. And then they just presume it's for money. So they ask that question all the time. But it's been okay. The only problem I've had with is the public health system. So originally I was trying to get into a specific hospital in Melbourne to do a home birth program. And I was declined because my BMI was too high at the point of intake. And I was already 20 weeks pregnant. So that was the only issue I've really had. But yeah, everyone else has been great. (laughs) They're so strict on that on the home birth with the hospital. Mm. Yeah, it's so hard to, to get them. Did you do a home birth for your son? Yeah, I did through that yeah. hospital as well. Yeah, yeah. And they even went back to my previous records to see what my weight was when I had my son yeah. 80 years ago. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's ridiculous. But I tried to fight it and then it was just too exhausting and yeah. it was just not worth it. So, yeah, we've decided to go with a private midwife. And are the parents planning on coming down for the birth as well? Yeah, so they're coming actually about four weeks before my due date just to be nearby in case you know I go early obviously and to help out with my life and with my son and because yeah just getting, yeah a lot harder now <laughs> and are you feeling you want them there when you deliver or yeah definitely you, yeah. yeah yeah definitely we're close with friends you feel a part of each other's family and yeah I definitely want them to be there I would really love one of them to catch their baby as she's born that would be ideal for me so if we're all in the right positions and that can yes. happen that would be beautiful that would be great and I think yeah. doing it as a home birth you won't so when I worked down in Tassie for a year and we had a few surrogates come through but because it was a hospital there was all these really weird hospital policies so mm. there was a hospital policy that the surrogate was not allowed to breastfeed the baby. What? And the hospital also didn't allow donor milk. It was really weird. So then they were like, okay, well, technically the the one who's birthing, the surrogate, is not allowed to breastfeed the baby, but they're also not allowed to pump and give mm. the baby milk in a bottle. It was, it was so weird. So you're saying we, we're only allowed to feed this baby formula? Oh, that doesn't yeah. even make sense. When there's a mum here who says she wants to breastfeed and her plan was to stay with the parents for the next yeah. month breastfeeding anyway. Mm. So there was all these weird little rules and then there was another rule that said, I don't know if it's just in Tassie because every state has different rules or if it was just that hospital. But then the rule was because the baby technically still belongs to the person who birthed it, technically the baby was not allowed to be in the room alone with the intended parents. I wonder if they've changed policies or if that's still the case. And this was only earlier this year. So I don't Mm. think. Tasmania is very strict with their surrogacy laws as well. Like they can only use surrogates in the state. You can't do interstate surrogacy in Tasmania. It was just so hard. There was lots of things like that. So I think doing a home birth, you can sort of avoid all that. That's the thing. It's the birthing person's body autonomy and you basically have all the say over the baby. 
um, until it's born. Even once it's born, it's still technically in your care. So you have yeah. to have those agreements at the hospital that the parents are taking the child and they're going to be in the next hospital room or whatever you're doing at that point. There hasn't been any disagreements in terms of if you want to do something or the parents would be, no, we want you to do, you know, this. We want you to specifically have this type of birth. Not technically, but there's been times, I think, where some yeah disagreements can come up, but that's why you have a group psychologist. So if there's yeah. something that's not being addressed, we have a check-in and talk it through and sort it out and move on. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I make the decisions over my body, but I still respect that it's their child. So you do have to come yeah. to an arrangement or an agreement of sorts. And it's different to having a child with your partner who you've known for however many years and you both kind of agree you've got two sets of couples trying to agree Mm. on something so it can get a bit overwhelming or pressure at times but we have a great psych that we talk to so that's really good how are you feeling attachment wise are you feeling it's going to be really hard when you birth I don't think so it feels really different yeah it's very common question when I was pregnant with my son you Imagine what they're going to look like. You picture their little face and their little personality and you think about all these little things. But with her, I don't think of her like that. I don't have this grand memories and, you know, thoughts of her for the future. I just feel like I'm connected to her. She's this little soul that I'm taking care of. It's just like babysitting. So I don't feel it's going to be a disconnect from me. I feel it's going to be a release and that happiness of seeing her go to her family, yeah. And what are you planning sort of feeding-wise? Are you planning to express and give them donor milk or is that has that been discussed? Yeah, so I'm going to try to express antenatally from 36 weeks and then after she's born I will put her to the breast. So that's the plan just to help with the uterine contractions. And then after that the plan is to pump and they can do formula and breast milk just to give her that good start of colostrum you know to begin with but they'll be going back to Sydney about four three four weeks after she's born so she'll be moving on to formula anyway so it's inevitable really anything that kind of would make you go oh if I sort of known that I might not have done this or I just don't think I realised how hard it would be on my body this time around. You just presume it's going to be the same as your previous pregnancy, which I was 28. It was just really easy. I had no problems. And this time around, I had, you know, nausea. I had severe headaches. I got COVID while I was pregnant. SIJ dysfunction, pelvic girdle pain, bruised ribs, everything. Everything you can get. (laughs) I don't think I was prepared that I could have this experience. That's the only thing I would change. Yeah. I wish I could just have the easy experience. Have a nice, easy pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's made me, I think it had to happen because I have a bit more understanding for other pregnant people now. Yes. <laughs> that I might not ever have had. So, yeah, it'll make me a better massage therapist. Is this something that you would do again? Or do you think now because of your age, you'll just be like, no, I couldn't do it again? Or if you were younger, do you, is it something you would do again? I... I'm 50-50 on that one. I The idea of it, yes, but then the thing is that I would probably be nearly 40 by the time I'd get a chance to do it again. And am I too old? Is my life moving along that I don't want to stop it again? Because it does put a big pause on your life. Mm. It affects things that we want to do. I know you said that you are covered for any medical procedures, but obviously 
after birth, people normally take some time off. So if you're taking time off, are you getting some sort of compensation, some sort of maternity leave pay? So I'm still entitled to the government paid parental leave. So I'll get that for the, I think it's 16 or 18 weeks. I think it's 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. And then also one of her parents will get that as well. You kind of double dip with surrogacy and it's completely legal and fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be enough for me. Any advice to anyone if they were sort of thinking about doing surrogacy? What would you advise them to do? I would advise them to really take time getting to know the people that you're going to carry for. Have a real solid friendship, be involved in each other's lives because you're basically creating a family and you're going to be part of each other's family. So I think that's really important. I probably wouldn't recommend interstate surrogacy. It creates, you know, a level of difficulty that wouldn't be there if you're both in the same state. So I think that's something that people should really consider because I can't just call them up and say, you know, I need you. They can't. They can't be here. And as much as they want to be here, they can't. So we only see each other about once a month where people who are doing it in in the same state, you know, it's a bit closer and they can help a lot more. Is the plan for you to sort of stay in each other's lives now? Because I guess you're pretty close to each other now. So just stay in contact. Yeah, yeah. kind of be like Auntie Nadine. Their thoughts is that she'll always know that I was the person who carried her. And she also will know her egg donor because that's a friend of theirs as well. She'll know the people that helped bring her into life. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. And my son sees her like a little cousin. He's like, she's going to be my cousin. So, yeah. That's cute. (laughs) So they used an egg donor and one of their sperm or did they need a donor sperm as well? It's one of their sperm. So it's a male couple. One of them, and I don't know whose genetics it is either. Wait, yeah. So they know, though. They, <laughs> they must know. know. Yeah, yeah okay, know. yeah. Other people know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Home birth, are you planning to do drug-free if you're yes. doing home birth? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't have any drugs last time, so keep it up. <laughs> yeah. I'll just be using natural pain alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. So I did hypnobirthing last time, so I'm just going to do the refresher course. I've been doing core and floor restores. Picked up a TENS machine today. We'll have the birth pool and utilise water and all those good things. Are you getting excited or are you sort of nervous for No, I'm excited. The birth birth is the exciting part. I really enjoy giving birth. (laughs) It's such a power trip. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, that's the reward. Most surrogates, that's the reward. The birth and handing baby over is the best part. I'm really looking forward and to experience that with both of them there. My son's going to be there. My partner's going to be there. Our midwives, a doula. I just feel like it'll be a really loving environment and I'm just excited. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That sounds great. It's such a different vibe, the home birth. Can be, I mean, mm. you can have really nice hospital births as well, yeah. but sometimes they can also be quite sterile and sort of all the bright mm. lights and... Yeah, so it's really nice that you've created that. Yeah. I just think that in a hospital we wouldn't be all be able to be there. That's the 
issue. Yeah, especially with a lot of places have still got some sort of COVID Mm. regulations and rules in. I know of workplaces pre-COVID where whoever you want in the delivery room, Mm. that's fine. And I've been places where they've had literally whole families, like their mum, their dad, their sisters. (laughs) But you're also in here. (laughs) the hospital's timeline as well. You need to get in and get out. They need those beds. And this just gives us that space to really take the time afterwards and everyone can just go to bed. Where I'm from in England, home birth is pretty common and a lot of people do it and it's generally all on the public health. They don't seem to have as stricter sort of definitions as they do here for who can home birth. Mm -hmm. So whereas I still find in Australia a lot of people when you say home birth will still be, ooh, home birth, is that really safe? Have you found any of that? If you've Yeah, with my first birth, I didn't tell people I was home birthing because I didn't want people saying that's not safe. So I basically didn't tell anyone until after I had him. And this time, obviously, people knew I've done that before. Going forward, I've been more honest. And the people are still concerned. As we said, the hospitals have real strict rules for who they would get into the home birth mm. program. Even the private midwives will still have limits for who they would home yeah. birth. I'm not putting their child at risk. If something was to happen and I need to be transferred, so be it. I'm not fighting a transfer my preference is to birth at home should we both be well enough to and that's it of course and I think as well you're lucky you're in Melbourne you're not five hours from a hospital which some people are which then obviously you have to take it's probably five hours well that is true that's true (laughs) (laughs) but you'll still have like qualified midwives with you so I get nervous when someone once told me oh yeah my daughter's just free birthing so I was gosh if you at least home birth at least have a midwife with you I can see how people are pushed to feel like that's their only option if they can't access a public funded home birth and they don't have money for a private home birth and they're petrified of the medical system then Yeah, they're kind of pushed into a corner, which is why we need to have better publicly funded home births. I 100% agree with that. I feel all our public hospitals should Mm. have a home birth program, whereas I think last time I was in Melbourne, there was only maybe two hospitals that did. Like you said, in England, it's standard practice. All my girlfriends I know have all delivered at home. And it's all covered under the NHS. Yeah. The midwives I wish just come we could out compare and, yeah. the statistics of England to Australia and just so they can see that it is possible to yeah. work. Yeah, and just like, see that it's not like they've got a real high like, mortality rate or anything mm-hmm. like that in England. Um, yeah. so, you know, dying probably or less anything, so. intervention as well. And then I always think as well, it's cheaper. Essentially, when it comes to hospitals, everything always comes down to money. So I'm yeah. always like, why wouldn't they do this? They're saving money. No <laughs> hospital beds are being used. Exactly. Did you want to talk about what you do as well, your job, which I know you yeah. have a little break from now? Yeah. So I'm a, a remedial massage therapist and I specialize in pregnancy. That's what I do. I guess when she's back, if anyone needs a little massage, you can go see in a day. Yeah, at MV Therapies, you can come visit me. And I do mobile, so I can travel around Melbourne as well, which is really good for people with flexible lives and people with children. And yeah, it works well. Well, thank you so much for having a little chat with us today and telling us all about your views on surrogacy and your experience. Any final thoughts or anything you want to say? Just keep making babies <laughs> in all the ways possible. <laughs> Everyone does. I will never be out of a job. It's good for us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. Until the next episode, it's time to boot this baby home.
recording.